This episode was made possible by our patrons. Reborn Neji, Twilight Goddess, Tech Violence, Dekoi, and Novel Nigma. If you would like to support the show's continued existence, then join the Patreon down below. anyone who can hear this broadcast. This is the Armitage account. Close it! Let's get out of the way! I'm not even in the way! Yes, you are! Guys, guys! It's... How the hell? It's stuck! Lou, you're bleeding. In your arm. Oh, I I, I know, it was just the... I get... I get... Do you really need to do this? Well, if we die, I'd rather have evidence. Isaac Andrews, October 14th, 2022. 100 hours. In front of me is the... Apparition. As far as I can tell, it's a flame of light and shadow. Wait. What? You don't see a woman? A woman. Yeah, obviously. You know, pretty, but still scary looking. Kind of like a Victorian ghost, if ghosts were made of fire. Pretty. Okay. Well, I guess I see flame, if you could call it that. It looks roughly humanoid-shaped, but definitely pretty. Hmm. Well, the ghost is still stuck on the other side of the threshold. Somehow, its flames are not spreading to the restoration zone or the collection, and we're alive. Yay. The way the fire on it licks towards us and stops, though, it's as if there were a wall in the way. I wonder if I get close. Ah! It gets aggressive. Oh, surprise. Wet paint is wet. Are you done? What? Yeah, yeah, I think I am. Goodbye, ghost. <sighs> Is Lou all right? I think so. I, sp I stopped the bleeding, but her arm's badly burned. Besides, she's the one who actually knows first aid, and I just picked everything up from her. Then we'll need to get her to a hospital once that thing goes away. Are you alright? Oh, um... Yes, I think so. I'm tired, but nowhere near as exhausted as normal. Um, how long was I out? Two hours. I see. That's not what I meant. <sighs> that oh. story... You and your mom. I guess you heard all that then. Yeah. It was... You just froze up and started speaking. You weren't even looking at the page. You were just holding the book. When you were done, 
You were so stiff. I was scared to move you. It was... I thought it was just a nightmare. I was supposed to be there. With her. What if you were? It was a dream. Hey, no. she's awake. No, Diana, hey, Lou. no! Lou. 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 Hey, 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 hey! hey, hey, hey. Is it still there? Uh, let me check. Yep, uh, it's still here. Can you stop gawking at the fucking monster? Uh, right, um, sorry. Hey, welcome back to the Land of the Living. How are you so casual about this? Uh, honestly, I think we're just desensitized. More importantly, uh, what happened to you? I, I, I don't know. Okay, did you see anyone following you today? Some creep with the camera? No, I, I, I was followed, but... Who's Diana? What happened to you? I didn't mean for it to happen, okay? Oh my god, you're gonna hate me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. We're not going to hate you. We promise. Okay. I started seeing it in my sleep. I would dream of this woman standing at my bedside. It would stare at me, but I could never see her face. Remember how I didn't have a job there for a little bit? Well, it left me with a lot of time on my hands. So I really dove into canvassing for Artemidge. I hoped it would distract me. I it finally started to set in that I could really lose my job. I was worried I wouldn't get an employment, or worse, that Felix and I would lose the apartment. But it sucked. I mean, we'd barely turn anything up, and no one even knew who Henry Artemidge even was. But then I started losing sleep. It was three or four days in. I'd lay awake at night, and this hot sweat with this feeling like I was being watched. Fight or flight. So I took sleeping meds. You know, as heavy as I could get over the counter. And that's the first time I saw it. I woke up in the middle of the night and there it was standing over my bed looking down at me. Its hair and eyes were a deep red and the rest of her was just a wisp of light and shadow. The internet called it sleep paralysis, so I just stopped taking the pills. It's a pretty common side effect, I guess. Then I was just back to normal restless nights. 
When you woke up and I got my job back, things changed. I got trash hours and Felix and I decided we needed to stay with you to make sure you didn't go back. Here. But we didn't want to stop looking for Artemidge. So I'd work doubles. I'd be a security guard by early morning and canvasser by noon. Then, somewhere in the middle, I'd try to sleep. But that feeling of fight or flight never went away. If anything, it got worse. I started having what I I thought were hallucinations. I mean, apparently that happens when you're sleep deprived. I'd see something just pop up in the corner of my vision. When I'd turn towards it, it'd fade into something more tangible, like a coat on a hanger or a shadow on the wall. Then, one day while canvassing, I was out by City Hall, and I saw it. Standing at a corner, watching me. At first, I was, well, spooked. It looked so clear. Body of shadow and light red hair and eyes just looking at me. My own personal sleep paralysis demon. But then someone just walked through it. Just casually passed through the damn thing. So I got in my head that if I did the same, if I could just prove to my brain that it wasn't real, then maybe it would go away. So I looked it dead in the eye and started walking. And I got what I wanted. Kind of. Instead of passing right through it, I basically body-checked this woman in a pink sweater. I mean, I was a lot bigger than her, so I just tripped, but she hit the ground hard, ass first. And of course the ground was wet, and her sweater was just wrecked. I was so embarrassed, but she was so graceful about it, which honestly just made it a lot worse. I hightailed it out of there as soon as I could. So you can imagine my surprise later that day when I knock on a door, and boom! There she was. No more pink. God. No, she wouldn't keep wearing a dirty sweater. This time it was a sandy tee that kind of matched her hair. I immediately started apologizing about earlier, but she insisted it was fine. She'd been on her way home from traveling, and she was planning on washing it anyway. Then she asked me why I was at her door, and I froze up. I started going on this very scattered version of the spiel I'd give everyone— Hello, do you know this really old person you might be related to? Oh, and if you do, are they still alive? Oh, well, that's too bad. Do you know anything about this freak fire? They may or may not have survived. Or this old guy with a name no one can agree on the pronunciation of. Only messier than that. Another garbled sentence into my questionnaire. She asked if I wanted to come in. She must have noticed I kind of look like shit and insisted I rest my legs and have a cup of coffee. As you might have guessed, her name was Diana. Her home was lovely. She was lovely. She sat me down in her living room around this little glass coffee table and we pieced our way through the questionnaire. I'd ask her a question and she'd ask me another I told her, well, everything. About you and your mom, and how Felix and I started canvassing, about how I was losing sleep and seeing demons. 
She told me a lot, too. She didn't know anything about Artemis or the fire. She didn't even know that she had a relative who went to Miskatonic U in the 30s. But she told me so much about her life. How she thought she saw a ghost when she was 10. How she was a Harvard grad who settled in Arkham working sales for a textile company. How she spent two years backpacking across Europe just because she could. We just kept talking. We couldn't stop. Eventually one thing led to another and... I got some of the best sleep of my life there. You know, but unfortunately, it was a little too good. You know, I woke up, it was almost 2 a.m., and I panicked. She was asleep next to me, and I didn't even wake her up. I just ran out the door, praying that I wouldn't be late. I was so worried about getting suspended again, I didn't even realize what I'd done until later. God, I felt like an asshole. I didn't want her to be a one-night stand. I rushed back to her place right when I got out of work, but she wasn't home. It sucked, but... I figured I could still salvage it. I wrote a note on the back of my questionnaire. I apologized. I left my number, and I asked if we could see each other again. And I put my apology in her mailbox and went home. Days went by, and nothing. I mean, I couldn't really blame her. What I did was awful. I went back to hot, restless sleeps where... I'd just stay up, checking my phone, waiting for her. But then yesterday, I got a text. She said that she wanted to see me again and asked if I'd like to get some coffee. So we set up a date for today. She picked this old bookstore coffee shop called The Odd Thing to meet. It's an old, kind of decrepit place with weird hours. I wouldn't even have known it existed if I hadn't gone there previously for canvassing. When I arrived, it was pretty much empty. There's just the owner. It's a woman in her late 20s named Penelope. I had talked to her earlier about her great-grandmother, who was one of the victims in the fire. She was super standoffish. I mean, she barely even looked at me when I ordered my coffee and took my seat. I waited with my coffee for 15 minutes, then 30 I started staring out the window at the rain, wondering if she'd ever show up. And I saw it. Caught my reflection in the window. Nothing was behind me, just looming in the bookshelves. I turned around, but no one was there. No one was anywhere. Not even Penelope. I was creeped out also realized I'd been stood up. So I left. I stood out in the rain, feeling sorry for myself. Then I got a text from Diana. It said, she's hunting you now. Go to the collection. At first, I thought it was just weird. Kind of disgusting. I mean, who stands someone up and then tries to play mind games like that? Only... When I looked up from my phone, there was the demon again, inches from my face. Between fight or flight, my gut reaction is always fight. I swung hard at it. Then I caught my wrist. 
I couldn't move at all. Its eyes stared straight into me. Then they ignited. Light and shadow turned to flame. I've been punched and kicked. I've broken bones and teeth. But I've never been burned. God, the pain. I started screaming. I didn't know that I could scream that loud. I'm sure the whole block heard me. And then it disappeared. Vanished into thin air. I would have thought that I had gone crazy, but there was this fresh burn on my wrist. And then it hit me. I never called this place the collection before. Only you and your books have. So I started thinking, maybe Diana was your fan. I sent another text back. Where are you? And she replied, where I always am. So I showed up at her place, knocked on the door. She seemed shocked to see me. She asked what I was doing there, said she thought she would never see me again. And now this just pissed me off. So I started calling her out on her bullshit, standing me up, sending me those texts, but most importantly, fucking with you, fucking with all of us. And you know how she reacted? She was calm. She just let me scream at her over and over until I had nothing left. And when I was done, she invited me in. She sat me down at the same glass coffee table and asked what happened. She told me that she hadn't heard from me since the night I left. She'd never received my note or texted me. Then she asked me about my arm. She asked me if I did that to myself. She didn't believe me. And that hurt. But not as much as her pity. I snapped. I stood up, ready to storm out. And she grabbed my wrist to stop me, and pain shot through my arm. I only meant to push her away, to create some distance. But I hit her hard. You know, I'm a pretty big person, okay? I'm a solid 5'10", 230 pounds. I can deadlift almost twice that. Diana's maybe 5'4", and I don't think she's touched a free weight in her life. Blood poured from her nose, and I could see my reflection in her eyes. Those eyes that I had lost myself in only days before now held me with such fear. She could see that if I wanted to, I could break her in half. Then she saw something else, and I felt that heat on the back of my neck again. She pointed behind me, and when I turned, there it was. That fucking demon standing in the door, its eyes and hair burning. She could see it too. This is so awful, but I felt so seen in that moment. That it was real, that I wasn't crazy. That she didn't think that I was crazy. It would have been better if I was. I would have preferred to have a psychotic break. I would have preferred to have been locked up in a ward. Hell, I would have preferred to have died. I told her to run for the back door, to run and keep running no matter what. I felt her leave and then this thing's attention went to me. Its head recoiled and its body became tight and compact and it lunged. I was ready for it. 
I made my peace because I knew I was buying her some time. And then I felt it from behind. Small mass charged at me and slammed straight into my back. I fell into the coffee table and it shattered around me. I was covered in cuts and blood. And when I looked up to see what hit me, it was Diana. Remember how I saw someone walk through it? Well, so did she, except it wasn't harmless. I've seen death before. Horrible, brutal death. This was... I looked up from the ground to see her floating inside it. She was so scared. The flames... Her skin... Her eyes, they, they were fucking boiling. <laughs> when her body fell out of the fucking thing, I ran. I wanted to run home, but I remembered I saw it there first. I've seen it almost everywhere. Then I remembered that text. Go to the collection. So here I am. I am so sorry. I killed her. No, you didn't. I wasn't thinking. I should have just gone straight here. I should have known it wasn't her, and I should have never gone to her house. You are not responsible for this. No one here is. The only people responsible are the fan and that... woman... A woman on fire. Isaac, what are you doing? A certain fiery ghost appeared 83 years ago in Innsmouth. One that only appeared after Alexandra Fulton got her hands on a set of sleeping pills. So the question is, how long can the human body stay asleep? Isaac, Stop. don't! Where is it? It's gone. In Innsmouth, Solomon Lloyd only saw the flaming ghost when Alexandra Fulton was sleeping. Because Alexandra Fulton needed the sleeping pills to start the fire. So it's not a ghost. It's a person. Okay, but how does this help? They're just going to go back to sleep and then hunt down Lou again. Uh, no, 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 no. Because they can't get in here. They can't harm this room. The collection is protected. That's how it survived the fire, because she couldn't get in. Alexandra Fulton was the arsonist. Alexandra Fulton killed Artemidge. And Artemidge wasn't just collecting books for fun. No, he was collecting them because they told the truth. Every word, every single page, every single book on these shelves are true. Pieces of something much bigger than any of us. And Armitage used them. Solomon Lloyd armed himself with information from here before he went to Innsmouth, so he wouldn't be walking in blind. We can do the same thing. We don't have to take this lying down. The fan wanted me here for a reason, but they didn't plan on me reading Solomon Lloyd's letters. And more importantly, they didn't plan on either of you. You both saved me. I would have just kept going straight into whatever trap they laid, but both of you pulled me right out. We don't have to let them call the shots anymore. We can turn this around. 
But if you start reading again... I was only out for two hours. It used to be ten. And I know you two will keep me from getting worse. So you're telling me we can find Diana's murderer? Yeah. I think we can. Okay. So what's the plan? First, let's get you to a hospital. Then, I have to make a call. Isaac Andrews, signing off. Hi, you've reached the voicemail box of Oliver Corbin. Please leave your name and a brief message after the tone. I'm sending you some audio files. Consider them my first contribution as your audio archivist. I have one condition, though. I will require that myself and my friends have unlimited access to the Restoration Zone and the collection as a whole. Seeing as they both work in the space, that should be easy for you. Also, you... You should know before you listen. Andrea was right. The Headmaster's curse is real. That means you're next. I'm sorry. Mm. It's finally begun. I will see you soon, my love. Ryan, do you mind coming in? I have something for you to take care of. Yes, Headmaster? Make sure that HR has these filled before the end of the day. I just had word that Isaac will be joining us after all. Sir, is he really qualified for this? Yes. As a matter of fact, he is a perfect fit. Yes, Headmaster. Sir... I would like to talk about last night. Which I made very clear that we would never speak of again. Or need I remind you? No. No, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I wish I could explain it all. Once this is done, I promise I will tell you everything that you want to know. Yes, Headmaster. Good. Now... One one last thing, Headmaster. What? Why are you recording this? Oh. Uh... (laughs) Well, let's just say it could be... useful in the future. Oliver Corbin, signing off. In order of appearance, this broadcast features Penny Wynn, Alexander Vomley, Benjamin Collins, Abraham Bogali, and... Sierra Lynn, a.k.a. Mystic, from Autumn Moon Studios. This broadcast is under a Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike license and is produced and distributed by Scope Productions. You can follow us on Instagram, at Armitage Account, or our website, armitageaccount.com, where you can join the Discord server and learn more about our Patreon. Make sure the word is heard. Tell your friends and loved ones about this broadcast. Ensure their safety. Don't have any friends or loved ones? Or just want to spread the word? Then leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider.